sounds like that sweet bird of salesmanship. He don't bite, he just buys. He don't peck, he just checks you out. circle because i made clerks <laughs> oh it's fat kev smith man and that bird of salesmanship jonathan livingston sell goal could only mean one thing man i'm gonna whore some shit at you right now i gotta pay some bills bitch does it irritate you if this puts you off in some way you find this distasteful the fuck you think all this good shit happens man Bird of salesmanship's flying. Look up. Come see a Smodco show. Oh, oh, come see a Smodco show. What up, bird? Come see a Smodco show. Sing it. Come see a Smodco show. And that's right, man. If you're a fan of Hollywood Babylon, we're coming back with a vengeance all August long, man. Every Saturday night, me and Ralph doing Hollywood Babylon together all over each other on our necks and chests and maybe a little bit on our back man uh august 4th at the john lovitz podcast theater august 11th at the coach house in san juan capistrano august 18th at the john lovitz podcast theater and then august 25th me and ralph take our shit international that's right man international babylon uh hollywood babylon in ottawa my ottawa debut ottawa up there in ontario ottawa babylon at the center point theater August 25th. For tickets to every Babylon show I'm talking about, go to BabylonKev.com. B-A-B-B-L-E-O-N-K-E-V.com. Or pop on over to CSMOD.com, man, because CSMOD.com will tell you about other shows, not just Babylon. For example, Portland. I'm coming to you. Yeah. Oregon. Not Maine. Oregon. I'm going to touch your organ, man. Deep, man. Get up there. Futs around with a little bit. I guess that doesn't sound sexy. <laughs> term futs. Uh, Portland, Oregon, man. The Aladdin Theater. It's me and Scott Mosier doing Smodcast live in front of people. That's right. August 17th. Me and Scott Mosier. Aladdin Theater. Portland, Oregon. Uh, Celebration 6. Star Wars. Celebration 6. The Chapin Theater in Orange County. Uh, at the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando, I should say. Orlando, I love you, Orlando. August 23rd, 7 p.m., man. Come check me out. I'm going to be making all sorts of non-numb jokes, like fucking non-numb. You ever notice non-numb's face looks like my mother's pussy? It's a trap. You know, shit like that. Mixing up my references and whatnot. Then, get old. Jay and Silent Bob get old at the Fan Expo Canada show. That's right. You love comics? Come see some comics. Some see, some, come see me and Jay. Go to smartcast.com. Listen to any episode of Jay and Silent Bob get old. That's pretty much what it's going to be. Right up there at the Fan Expo Canada, August 24th. Jay and Silent Bob get old. Tickets available at CSMOD. These are the, show, the shows that I'm going to be in this week. Uh, of course, there's a new Fat Man on Batman uh, that played came up last week, midweek, uh, that I did with Ralph Garman. Go give it a listen. There'll be a new one dropping this week as well. Brand new episode of Fat Man on Batman. Brand new episode of Smoothie Makers went up last week uh, with Roger Corman and William Shatner. Give that a listen. It's pretty damn fascinating. Brand new Plus One went up last week as well. 
um, with Harley uh, playing her bass on stage for the first time, a rock and roll show, and some tape. We had some audio, some delightful audio gold of a 25-year-old Jen Schwabach doing a, an interview for USA Today. So go check those out at smodcast.com. Um, uh, spoilers, man. Uh, last week, we watched The Watch and talked to Len Wiseman. This week, we see Total Recall, which Len Wiseman directed, and we talked to Malin Ackerman. Uh, go to hulu.com slash spoilers. Canada, you can watch it on space on the Space Network or on Space Channel, I should say, or spacecast.com. Uh, uh, if you love games, fun and games, and who doesn't, man? Who doesn't love to have their mind uh, mind pussy tickled? You know how you make that happen? Go to smarcade.com, S-M-A-R-C-A-D-E.com. Pick up one of our games, man. Uh, Let Us Dance, which is totally free, or uh, uh, Too Fat to Fly, which costs you 99 cents. Give you hours of enjoyment as you make me uh, f- do something I can't do in real life. Fucking fly. Uh, if, if that don't tickle your fancy, you want to watch more free shit, you're like, where's more free? Go to the YouTube channel, sit, Smod Go Internet Television, youtube.com slash csmod. You can watch clips of me and Ralph doing Hollywood Babylon on the Electus uh, channel loud on YouTube, youtube.com slash loud. Uh, as always, the portal for all the things we do, man, our, our, our vag, if you will, the vagina, the vagine, the wizard sleeve of Smodco is uh, smodcast.com. Click on that. It'll take you anywhere you want to go in our universe. Uh, meantime, without further ado, man, enough horn, man. Let's let that bird fly. Go ahead, fly, little bird. All right, man, enough of this shit. Get ready for a brand new Smodco podcast starting now. Well, there's good news and bad news, gang. The good news is I am still alive. The bad news is I am still alive. Hello, it's Matt Cohen. What's going on? Welcome to Bagged and Boarded. Uh, I've I've got some I got some explaining to do. Um, I've I've not been around so much in in uh the last few months, and I want to apologize for that. Uh, I've had a lot of stuff going on in my life. A lot of really good things. A lot of, uh, not a lot of not so good things, but I, it's definitely been a transitional period for me. Um, working on a comic book, uh, we're doing really well with that. If you want to check it out or be a part of it, head over to Kickstarter and type in, uh, Camel Toad, uh, T-O-A-D, or just Geek, and, uh, check out what we got going over there, the Geek Graphic Novel. Got a web series I've been working on, um, just a whole lot of stuff I've been writing a lot. Uh, I was an Alaskan trawl fisherman. I wasn't even the fisherman. I was a trawl. I was the boat. The good old SS Matt Cohen. Um, I was in Mars for a minute. Shitty cell phone reception. Surprisingly good bagels. And I uh, was the Pope for all of two days. It wasn't wasn't my thing, to tell you the truth. Probably because I'm a Jewish, sort of. Um, we're back, though. Welcome back to Bagnum Boarded. Uh, I want to thank everyone for hanging by. This is, in my mind, the 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 real relaunch. Uh, I've got like six episodes in the can right now, which means hold me accountable, yo. We're we're back. We're back every week, Saturday. Smodco, iTunes, wherever else you listen. And uh, I want to thank you all for for being here. 
to get us started or kickstarted, if if I want to plug again, just go to uh, Kickstarter, Camel Toad, or Geek. Give me your money. I'm joking. I love you. Lend me your money, possibly, for good stuff. No, uh, to kick off the new wave of Bagged and Boarded, of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Misty Dawn, and a gentleman who I've become, uh, the pleasure of becoming friends with post-Comic-Con, which was just a whirlwind of fun, you guys. We'll talk about that another time. But uh, my good friend Jason Trost, a.k.a. Jatro, the writer, director, star, set designer, cinematographer, not the cinematographer, oh, see, not everything, that was Petro. Uh, basically, the dude did everything on a, on a little film called The FP, which if you haven't seen yet, definitely go see it, because it's insane, and you're going to see a lot more of Jatro in the coming years, and uh, you can say you heard him here first, unless you saw the movie, but you can still lie and say you heard him here first, because that will make me happy, and also, I need to learn how to say the words, heard him here first which is just way too much for, much for this mouthful. Guys, forgot how to talk. It's okay, because I remembered right now. Take it away, me. All right, folks, uh, me and, of course... Misty. Misty, who's currently... Tell them what you're doing. I'm doing my makeup. Tell them, tell them the, the dedication you have to Begged and Boarded. Um, I, I have an extreme amount of dedication. She's got to look... female, yeah. so I can multitask. She's trying to look good for the show, guys. It's an audio podcast, but we don't tell her that. Uh, me and Misty are here, so and we are hard. we are joined by the man, the myth, the legend. We just spoke about him. Here he is in the flesh, Mr. Jason Trust, aka Jatro. Hi, Jatro here. Do you prefer Jatro? Well, I mean, Jatro is actually my nickname, and that's why I put it in the script. It was a joke from high school when the J Lo craze was going on. So I just, you know, Jatro, Jason Trost, you know, same it's thing. Funny, I've only heard it as like. Badass term. You're like the Terminator, dude. Like I brag about knowing you to people. Like you cut your finger off the other day and super glued it. Like you shot an insane movie in your fucking house, basically. Yeah, well, I mean, you just gotta keep working. Nobody's gonna give you anything. So I never, I never connected that the J Tro to J Lo thing. But I was telling my mom today. I was like, oh, I'm recording a podcast with my friend J Tro. She goes like J Lo, and then it all clicked. That's dude. Exactly right. It all clicked. Mom's a little bit quicker than you. Yeah, just a, just a little bit quicker on the uptake. So I would definitely prefer J Tro. That's a badass nickname. It's easier to say. I knew a kid whose nickname was Muffin. Yeah, well. Flat out. My nickname was Squishy when I was a little kid, so, you know, we all Jay got something. a little bit better than Squishy. Jaytro, <laughs> uh, who you folks definitely, uh, if you don't know him, you definitely should. Um, he, You blew up in the past. Would you say blew up? I'll say blow up. Yeah, that's very flattering. I don't you, think I blew up. You blew, dude, you blew up to a point enough where people are impressed he that I people are impressed that I know you. Oh, I love you, sir. You're my favorite. Well, uh, thank you, Jaytro. Um, other they than say if you can reach just one person, exactly right. Uh, other other than um, working in the film industry since he was basically a kid. Uh, in uh, what year? What year is FB? What year was it made? Yeah, we made it when I was 21, so that was like 2008. Okay. I think. So in 2008, uh, Jay Cho, along with his brother, uh, Beatro, uh, wrote, directed, starred in, edited, edited I'm sure, everything. Everything. Right? Everything. Built sets. I mean. A film called The FP, which, uh, if you haven't seen, is available right now on Blu-ray and DVD and iTunes, right? Yeah, and it's a joke, I promise. For all you people that think it's a serious movie, the joke is on you. Yes, you're, you are the assholes. How about that? He just, he just, put, he just laid the, uh, the gamut down right there. And, uh, you know, keep up all the threats about how I should get publicly executed, and this would be good to break terrorists. Well, let's get into it right now. Uh, The FP, uh, how would you... I describe it as a post-apocalyptic dance dance revolution movie. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair enough. What's your logline for it? If someone goes, what's the FP, what what is it? Uh, I mean, that's always been our problem. That's kind of why it took so long to sell, (laughs) because it's such a weird 
just blender mix of so many different things. Like what my brother and I kind of like to do is if you put, if you steal so many things and throw them into a blender, it ends up becoming original. I think that's kind of what Tarantino does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. uh, And that's, that's basically just the FP, but it's like, it's basically just our satirical joke on eighties movies in general. And also my generation of just dipshit kids who think they're way more hard ass than they are. Well, and, and, and again, personify that with Dance Dance, which is the pussiest video game you could ever play. The worst, worse than Dance Central, which I'm actually here's why Dance Central isn't pussy, and Missy can attest to this. I broke, I got so drunk one night, he broke his toe. I broke my toe and didn't but notice for like an hour. Dance Dance is one of the fi- most physically demanding video games there is. I mean. I used to use it to work out and train, and like if you play for forty minutes straight, it basically equates to like sprinting five miles. Fuck P ninety X, right? Yeah, no, like, fuck that. Sandstorm. Like you do that for forty minutes, you're yeah. The sandstorm is sandstorm, the f- dude. That was my sandstorm. song. That was everyone's song. Sandstorm yeah. was initially what we wanted to have the theme song of the FP, and it was so hard. Like we actually sent the movie to DJ Tiesto's managers or that's whoever. Awesome. It was, or no, it was Daru. Daru. That's right. It's Daru. <laughs> we sent it to Daru. This is years ago. And they're like, this isn't really the direction Darude's career wants to take. Okay. So he wanted he, his direction was complete anonymity and, yeah. and goneness. Yeah, but uh, they, they, they put him in a movie. They probably heard the N word once, and they're like, nah, this just isn't going to work. Well, we should say uh, the FP is definitely not. Uh, I don't want to say it's not an easy film, but it, it's a different film. It's you're fucking nuts, dude. It's definitely different. It's awesome. Misty described it as like the ultimate guy movie. Oh, definitely. Yeah, made by guys for guys. Yeah, totally. Like, I was squeeing, and she was like, you're a fucking dude. What always <laughs> surprises me that there's always so many people like, oh, that's offensive in this way or that, or like, you know, they use the N-word, or they do this, that, the other thing. I think the most offensive part of the movie, for me at least, is how we treat and degrade women in it. Yes, but nobody really wants to totally. raise their hand and talk about that. No, like, you, yeah, you guys you guys do the uh, N-I-G-G-A version of the word quite a bit. Yeah. Have you ever got, well, you said you got death threats. Well, yeah, I mean, I, we've gotten like one or two... Uh, very unhappy people about that. Generally, they're white, which is weird. They're just they're projecting. I think dude. I think a lot of I think a lot of African American people uh, get that the joke is on white people and Absolutely. it's making fun of white people. And that's the whole thing. You and got- white people are just so scared and PC and they're like, oh god, you can't say that. Don't say anything. Like you said earlier, you you get the you guys are in on the joke. Yeah. And for anyone who doesn't think that, no, the movie is just my brother and I's humor, which is completely deadpan sarcasm. So which which and it fucking works, dude. I mean, so. Um, for those of you who haven't seen the FP, like we said, it's it's uh, it takes place in what year? Do we ever frame it? Uh, no, we never frame it. We did that on purpose. It's kind of this nebulous time frame to where it's, is it in the 80s? Is it the future of the 80s? Is it now? Is it, who knows? 80s future but sounds But all we awesome. know is there are no cell phones and there never will be in that universe. <laughs> and uh, it takes place in Fraser Park, which is where you're from. Yeah. Which is uh, like It's a, a real town. It's only an hour north of Los Angeles on the 5, so... They, you hear that FP uh, cult fanatics start? You could do like the Kramer bus, like they do in New York City. They yeah. take you to the famous Seinfeld locations. You yeah, no, do it's tours. all up there, and it'll be a really quick tour too because it's you, a small town. You get the sign. You get is uh is it was it Daisy's the liquor store? Don, like. Is that is that oh, real? it's there, but uh, it has a slightly different spelled name. That's one of the few CG shots in the movie because okay, nice. uh, they were not down on letting us use That's Don's liquor in the movie. <laughs> no, I kidding. I did that in my brother's apartment. Well, we should say let's get so FP is. Basically, the, mo- the you did everything on it. Essentially, yeah. Between Brian and I, we probably did ninety percent of what was going on. I mean, obviously, we had crew members that helped us out. We could never have done it, but like in the post world, it was all Brandon and I, basically. When you say crew, though, I mean there weren't fucking craft services and and. Oh, my stepmom, who was pregnant at the time, was doing craft service. All right, and, as so. it should be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and you know, know, pregnant ladies make the best food too. Yeah, yeah, because they what definitely do. Yeah, but yeah. it's like we had no money, so it's like at the end of the day. 
they would have to actually physically take the spoons away from us. So that's we have awesome. to eat food with hands that's because awesome. it's like we don't have enough money for spoons tomorrow. So, well, so uh, what, uh, you grew up, you grew up in the industry, kind of, right? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Your dad was a SFX guy. Yeah, he did special effects just forever. He's in it for like thirty years. And I, I read like you, so you grew up in a house with like fucking explosives and like burnt out cars and like yeah, crazy essentially. I mean, that's stuff. why the FPU and everyone's like, oh, we love the post apocalypse vibe. It's well, that's just my dad's junk. <laughs> that's just my backyard. Together, like that vibe is America yeah. is, is Americana for us. Yeah, there's so much stuff in there. I think like some of the burn barrels we used are from the movie Kazam in some oh. of the scenes. Like there's even like props from Mortal Kombat and stuff spread throughout the serious? sets. You can see like, yeah, the, the cage match that comes down, like those pipes that make the cage match and all that, those are just reused pipes from the Scorpion set. You have named two films and both of them are amazing. Your father is my favorite person ever. Because if that, you haven't that, seen Shaq's cool Kazam... Oh, I remember when that came out. Maybe just, you can just Green Egg and ham it. Yeah, right? That was an original line in the FP somewhere. I don't know where that <laughs> went. I prefer Kazam to steal, guys, if we're really going to mince words here, but... Yeah, especially when it rains candy. (laughs) So, but you grew up, so you grew up on sets, I mean, you were, you were acting from a young age too, right? Yeah, I just like, I would take a video camera and make dipshit shorts with my buddies, but I wouldn't give any of that back for the world, I think that's the best way to learn acting, I think acting class kind of like, it's kind of bunk and overrated, it's like, I feel like you either have it or you don't, and the best way to hone and know what you're doing is just do it yourself, you're your best critic, like watch... Watch your own footage. You know how to change it. And you make mean it right? you're not you're not method. So like when Beatro, spoiler alert, when Beatro <laughs> dies in the film, you weren't thinking of like a puppy you had. No, that like I, died I could, playing I could give a shit. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I do acting a lot more technically, and you know maybe that's probably why I'm not a great actor. But uh, <laughs> it's just kind of like sad. This is what sad looks like. Got it. Okay. And you good. get it good, dude. Like you're you're you got the faces. You're you're an icon. You, <laughs> well, thank you. You may not be a a um. Marlon Brando, as it were, but you definitely look badass on film, man. Thanks. And I'm well, sure he's hoping I can be the next Bruce Campbell. I do. That's a lofty ambition. I would be. The, I would want to be the next Bruce Campbell. I would want I to, be the next, want to be the next Bruce Campbell. I want to be the next uh, fucking Ivan Raimi, even. Well, yeah. Hopefully, our FP trilogy can sit hand in hand with the Evil Dead trilogy someday. That's awesome. And we're going to get to the fact that it's going to be a trilogy. But so from an early age, you were just surrounded by film. Now you grew up an hour away, but were you coming to Hollywood a lot to like? Yeah, I would visit come down here all the time to sets? visit my dad. Like my grandma lives down here, and people like that. So we'd always be down here, like on weekends or you know whatever. I was always here. And your brother also. Your entire family is involved in film now. Your brother yeah. Brandon is a, is a real big cinematographer. Yeah, he's shot all kinds of big movies now. My sister is a costume designer, and he's actually shot one of my favorite films ever made, and that's Crank High Voltage. And yeah. you were in that movie as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I got cut out, but I'm in the Easter egg on the Blu-ray. If you look for it, there's this uh, yoga sequence with me training people how to do yoga. That's, that's awesome. really gnarly and revealing, and that's I awesome. suggest you check it out. Well, and the other thing I found out after, after we, we should say we met at Comic-Con. It was a whirlwind adventure at Comic-Con weekend. New, new friends were made. Uh, a lot of free drinks. A lot of free drinks. That's why new friends were made. Um, mm-hmm. You have been in a lot of movies that I like. You were in Rushmore, dude. Yeah, no, I'm uh, a little kid with Dennis the Menace looking at Naked boobs in the background. I at the party at the, the end. second uh, I read that on your IMDb, I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, no, because my dad did Rushmore. We were just on the set Rushmore, for like yeah. months out in Houston. And we should say for for people who have seen the FP or are familiar with Jatro, uh, there's definitely something iconic about you that I remember, and that's the fact that you wear an amazingly cool eye patch. Well, uh, that goes out to my sister who custom makes them for me. I have several. I have a gold one for you know specially 
Yeah, yeah, spiffy black occasions. Yeah, yeah, black yeah. tie events. I got, you know, a camouflage one that I need to blend in. And they're they're genuinely fucking cool. Like, Nick Fury cool. Yeah, like, well, the idea was I, I got the idea for this eye patch because I used to just wear the stock ones from Rite Aid, and I was like, this thing's taking up half my face. This is ridiculous. So then I watched True Lies with Charlton Heston. I was like, that awesome. one just fits right into his... That's awesome. Right into his ocular cavity. I want that. But it also helps remember you in movies because I was like, holy shit, Jay Trosa came with the eye patch in Rushmore. Yeah, it's it's real easy to remember me. Jatro is the guy with the high patch and crank. Like, you know what I mean? It it you are Jatro, and and you're getting cast as yourself and some stuff, which we'll talk about later. But that's got to be exciting, right? Yeah, it's it's neat. I'm glad anybody wants to see me again. That's Mondo nice. did a fucking poster review. Yeah, right? that was bitching. That was like way before that all happened too, because we got that made years ago, like way before like the craze even started up. And, and that's it, the only reason we got it. It's a, did you uh, at Comic? You, Misty, you do, you do you know what happened with the Mondo booth at Comic Con? Oh yeah, it was insanity. I I was talking to a kid outside who had spent fifty five hundred dollars that weekend at the Mondo booth, and basically he would just stand five feet away the entire day. Whenever they'd announce a poster, he would run up and buy one. That dude, if he wants, probably could make like twenty grand on the internet and these and those posters. It's insane. For those of you who aren't familiar, and I'm sure everyone who listens to the show is, uh, Mondo posters is a was a company called Mondo Tees, started by a guy named Justin Ishmael who linked up with Tim League and the Alamo folks, and they've become, like, the preeminent geek poster. I mean, like, today they released a Goonies poster. The way they do it is, is awful. I think awful because I want a Mondo poster. They basically tweet at a random time, like, hey, poster's on sale. Less than 30 seconds later, they're all gone yeah. every that's fucking time. Really popular, yeah. Totally, because you can't get one. I luckily have an inside track. I can get them if they're sold out. Really? They keep, like, five extra Goonies poster, sir. We just said, actually, the, kid, the, the same dude who spent $5,500 told me, like, if you contact the artists, they have their own cop prints. Like you could just that they do that they do. But um, so you uh you were acting. Your sister's a costume designer. Your brother's yeah. a cinematographer. At what point did you go? This is my career. Like, did you know from an early early age? Oh yeah, it was an early age. Like it, it essentially, I knew I wanted to work in movies at four years old when I saw Terminator Two. Why I wasn't allowed in the theater at four years old. That's awesome. Yeah, speaks to my character. but that, um, That's the movie. Mine that was, was fucking was Wizard of Oz. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I was, I was ripped out of the theater crying because I was crying hysterically when Arnold died at the end. And then ever since, I just wanted to be Arnold. And I didn't really know what that meant. That's and, awesome. Uh, that was the moment. I think mine was when Dorothy first touched. No, mine was literally, it was Wizard of Oz. And I remember, um, I think I was like four or five. And I asked my mom is this someone's job? And she didn't know what I meant. And I, I, it was the first time I realized that someone directed a movie. Yeah. That it wasn't a real thing, that like people were going to work every day and you could do this for a living. And that, that excited me. So that's why I've been trying to make a, a musical ever since. And God damn it, one day I'll succeed. I, I love watching you practice your routine. Thank you. It's, it's a little Sondheim. It's a, it's, a little, uh, it's a little Gershwin. We mix it up. Yeah, I used to have a musical I put together a long time ago that, you know, before it was cool to do an Arnold impression, like back when I was like, you know, 14, I had this whole musical set up where I wanted to do a one-man show where it was me doing an Arnold impression, but I was multiple Arnolds, nice. like the sixth day, and we'd sing to each other. And That's amazing. Yeah, it was a mess. You I put, should, I put that should, to bed. You, you should bring it right out of bed, sir. Wake that shit up. Yeah, one of did, these days. Did you hear, have you ever met Arnold? No. We, um, a uh, mutual friend of ours, I was with Max Landis and, and, and our friend Matt Bennett, who's going to be on the podcast soon, and we were driving somewhere out to the Palisades and I noticed a dude in the car next to me smoking a cigar and just instinctively I was like, shh, calm down, it's Arnold. <laughs> and I was like, guys, Arnold's next to us. And Arnold was fucking next to us in his convertible oh, for like 10 miles, dude. I would die. At one point, a guy in a Suburban behind him like pushed up next to us and was like, roll your windows down. We got super scared and he goes, yo, I don't give a shit if you guys take pictures or whatever, but just don't get too close because he'll annoy me later. 
And I was like, that is the worst and best security of all fucking time. Here's the other thing I learned about Arnold. Drives like an asshole. I'm sure he does. As he should. But I got I got mad, dude. I literally was like, he held the highest office in this state for eight fucking years and he can't pick a goddamn lane. <laughs> yeah, I wish he would have just been making movies for eight years instead. Dude, can, well, I, are you excited about, aren't he coming back? I'm super I psyched cannot, about him coming back. Like, there's um, Expendables uh, 2, which I, I can't wait for, obviously. That's the yeah, first big one. Man. Is that movie? <laughs> I can't shit. wait. And then he's uh, the first still got released from the Last Stand today. Yeah, which I, I can't wait. So fucking Looks excited badass. for like anything with Arnold is going to be anything with Arnold killer. and that director who did um the Good, the Bad, and the Weird. He did mm -hmm. a, a a Korean filmmaker. I can't remember his name because I'm racist, but uh, <laughs> um, they all sound the same. Right? Yeah, I mean that's where I'm going with that one. But he's he's amazing, and uh, it's going to be super cool. And it's actually like Jamie Alexander from Thor who plays Sif. Who I've had on the show, like I, I can't wait for that movie. Holy shit. And he's announced like nine films this year. Yeah, I know. I'm just jacked that him and Stallone are getting together a bunch. Like him they and are. Stallone in the tomb. He looks so badass where he finally let his hair go gray with the whole goatee and everything. He looks fucking awesome. It's it's awesome, dude. Like I'm glad these dudes are working again. Just to see yeah. Dolph Lundgren in a fucking movie makes my heart sing. It's so great. Like I, I remember we were at Comic Con, I was doing some carpet for Expendables too, and they're like, Are you excited for this movie? And I'm like, well, what do you think? Look at that poster. All those guys are the only reason I'm here right now no, in this no, business. No, totally. Like Back when Liam we were, Hemsworth. He's back the when we were kids, you know, we looked up to people who were badasses. We didn't look up to people because how much of sissies they are. It's a whole different generation thing now, where it's all about like the every man next door could be the Robert action hero. Robert Pattinson is like our our male. Yeah, I don't want the every man next door uh, next door to be my action hero. Like I want somebody who's like I can't be him. I want to be him. Not like I can kick that kid's ass. Totally. Why is he in this movie? And we've actually had this discussion on the show a few times, and you might be a really good person to weigh in. Who is our modern action star? Everyone goes Statham, and like yeah, but all, he's fucked up his career, and all he is. He's in a bunch of like stupid shitty really B movies. Really shitty fucking it's like, B transporter yeah. ripoffs. And no offense, transporter wasn't that great to begin with. Yeah, no, it just had great fighting scenes. And totally. beyond that, it's almost unwatchable. The, the, the and that's when somebody who watches some of the worst action movies all the time. Dude, the new ones almost remind me of that first slate of Jackie Chan American movies. Yeah, They're no, just so random and arbitrary and bad, the new Statham flicks. It's rough. Yeah. It, and it's a shame, too, because he is he's awesome. He's great. He's got the charisma. He can kick ass. And like he would be the guy. It's just he's... It doesn't pick the right shitty place. And then you got people like Clive Owen, who, while a badass, yeah. is not a macho I mean, action star. I don't know, the, the kind of the closest thing we have is like Daniel Craig and Bonds, but he rarely does one of those. And he's like fucking forty-five years yeah, old. Yeah, so it's like and already got Daniel a bit of a potch. What? I love Daniel Craig. Yeah, he's he's he, great, but he's it's all in the eyes. He's so not like the like. Okay, um, Tom Hardy. Yeah, oh, I love badass. Him. Uh, as long as he keeps out that fucking know, Sean Connery accent. Oi. That it was it was no, it was that, not like, a choice. He did that romance movie though. He did. Oh, this means war. I saw that. Did you? Who won? Because I've I've been waiting to find out. Uh, who well, did she I choose? mean, spoiler alert. She's she chooses the asshole who she shouldn't choose, which is uh, Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Yeah. She really whole, chose someone. I'm surprised yeah, no, that they the, made a. There's oh, it's this really I stupid. There's this the really end. dumb moment at the end where like some, like a car rolls over and you don't know who's gonna be dead or like who's gonna be there and then she like. She's on top of like Chris Pine when we pull away, and it's like, oh god. If I'm writing that movie, it ends with the two of them having like a real shared glance together, pulling out their guns and shooting Reese with a spoon in the head simultaneously and I walking away. I would agree. Into the sunset. I kind of just wish they would have <laughs> shot me in the head at the end of that movie. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been great if the three D bullet just comes out? Three D bullets. I was just when I saw the trailer, that I was like. Why is Bronson doing this? Why is he hurting me so much? Yeah, in this movie. It's not. It doesn't work. And then, uh, Jason, Mo did you see the new Conan? Yeah. Did you like it? I despised it with every ounce of my being. It wasn't it was amazing. Pretty much the was that come out this year? 
Yeah, it was this year. I just watched it on Netflix the other day. That's the worst movie. Like, because uh, Conan, the first Conan is my brother and I is like one of our favorite oh, movies awesome. of all time. You got I mean, Arnie, a lot of times, yeah, Jones, a lot of times people like, ask me, you know, what's your favorite movie of all time? It's like, well, you should just ask me what's my favorite Arnold movie. It's kind of the same thing. Do you have a go-to? But, is it is it Conan your favorite film of all time? Uh, Terminator Two is, but Conan is definitely on the list. There's a lot of Arnold movies on my top ten, but um, yeah, no, it was just it was terrible. Like especially like right off the gate when it's like. Okay, Morgan Freeman is doing the Mako like voiceover, like on an age undreamed of, and then like literally born on the battlefield. Like that was just bullshit. And the uh, Ron Perlman doing his best like Will Ferrell impersonation. You Ron Perlman muster. doing his best Ron Perlman, which is a Will bad Ferrell. Will Ferrell <laughs> impression. And I fucking love me some Ron Perlman. Yeah, but I went and in... saw it with some of my buddies, and I was the only person left awake somehow. I'm a huge Ron Perlman fan, but only if it, if it involves eight hours of Rick Baker fucking makeup. Yeah, I thought he was fine in Drive because he was a scumbag. Yeah, he was good, but um, that's funny, dude. And and Rose McGowan is like a weird Star Trek oh, cast. Shit, off. I forgot she was even in that. She yeah, so with like the thing is like things. Stephen Lang, who's fucking awesome, the bad guy in Avatar, like who was the bad guy in Conan. It's like why isn't he just King Conan, like old man Conan? That would have been yeah, way you're cooler. Right. I forgot he was the he was the bad yeah, guy. Yeah, because he's too. bitching. He's like. It's weird, and that guy Marcus Nispel, who shot the flick, I've enjoyed. I like, I really dig yeah, his Texas this, Chainsaw. Yeah, but Pathfinder, Pathfinder's Jesus. not so great. <laughs> I do like Carl Urban though, so it's weird. Yeah, but no, I, I mean, I watched the whole movie, but I was just like, that movie was bizarre. It was bizarre, and even Jason Momoa on fucking Game of Thrones is the most badass dude ever. Yeah, but Cat then Conan is like my kingdom. Uh, I think you know what it is. They cut the beard off. I was like, I don't like it. That guy yeah. can grow the coolest beard of all time. Let him let Conan. He was just trying too hard, and then like the movie was so horribly written, where it's like randomly he just spouts out things like harlot, and you're like, why is there this was happening? Just a lot of, I'm I'm thinking Dread's going to be a lot of the same, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm scared of Dread, and I don't know why there's such hate on the Sylvester Stallone Dread. I fucking loved that movie when I was a I kid. I watched that very recently. I think a lot of the hate has to do with Rob Schneider may have more lines than Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, well, there's fuck a, it. There's, there's a giant a, robot, and there's Stallone, and there's a kick-ass score. And, there is cool shit, but there's a lot of derp-derp stapler men in that fucking flick. And Armand Asante. Is it Armand Asante? Oh, yeah. Oh, what's Project uh, Janus. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. It was, it was, it's a good flick. Um, but that's the thing. You, you, so you're an action guy, right? Yeah, I love action movies. And so at a very early age, you were like, this is it. At Terminator 2, you were like, I'm going to do this yeah, for a living. Yeah, that's what I want to do. If I, I mean, basic, when people ask me like, what I want to do is like, if I could make Fast Five, I would die happy. Like that kind of movie is the tone of movie. Fast I'd Five like was to hit. awesome, dude. I that, loved Fast when, Five. When Quinn Crank Two came out, I was like, "This is literally all I want to see in a film." I'm. I, I hope to God those guys make a third one. So do I. And and while I dig a lot of parts of Ghost Rider, uh, well, Ghost Rider I think suffered from the fact that I mean, that it had an identity. Well, it was PG thirteen and identity crisis. Is like, are you trying to make a real movie or are you trying to make Crank Ghost Rider? I yes. think if they would have just went totally Crank Ghost Rider and made Crank Rider. That's what everyone wanted. I wanted been pitching. It, well, I wanted the most insane fucking yeah. Ghost Rider movie ever. Because like the moments a, when it is cranky, it's like, man, this is fucking rad. But then I, when it tries to be a real movie, it's like, guys, this is never going to be a real movie. There's that moment where Nick Cage does possibly the weirdest Nick Cage choice of all time, and that's when he. Do you remember when he's talking to the guy in the face is phasing, and he goes, knocking at the door, yeah. so scratching at the scratching door, at the yeah, door. yeah, I, I remember that. Oh, I love him. He's a bit I, ridiculous. I like the point cage. where he like pulls like the bee out of the kid's hair or whatever. For yeah, no and reason he goes not the bee. The, the little wicker man shout out. Did you catch that? Yeah, when we watched oh. it, Misty. See, you got to keep your eyes <laughs> not open. The bees. I saw Ghost Rider once, and I was good. <laughs> um. So, what was the first move for you to get involved in filmmaking? Just short films with your buddies, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I basically just stole my dad's video camera, 
when uh, I was on sets, and I would just sit there and make little G.I. Joe movies where G.I. Joes would kick the shit out of each other and just make little stupid sets out of random things I would steal from you know different departments on set when they weren't looking when I was now, a kid. Now, was it Joes kicking the shit out of Joes, or Joes kicking the shit out of Cobra? Because if it's Joe on Joe violence, that's insane. Well, I mean, none, of them, were, up none of them were like in like actual Joe attire. I'd make my own little stupid costumes for them and make like James Bond movies with G.I. Joes. Awesome. And film them and all, oh, yeah. do all this stuff. No, you... somewhere I have those. And that's got to be on the next uh, DVD, dude. I remember... Very specifically, I showed one of my G.I. Joe shorts at like the Rushmore rap party because Wes Anderson was into it. And uh, <laughs> I was showing it. And then, like, I remember Steve Buscemi and Owen Wilson, who I had no idea who they were at the time, came up to me. And Steve Buscemi was just like, God, you're sick. That's and then awesome. he, then so he proceeded like to go. And, yeah, then he went and proceeded to hit on my sister, which was awkward because she was like 15 or 16. Which is also awesome. He was shooting uh, Armageddon at the time, and apparently he was in character. Yeah, right? A little too much. Orcon Air. Yeah, no, he was definitely on Armageddon at the time, and that's that was the excuse. Oh, he had an excuse. For oh, him? yeah, like people called. No, my him dad, on it? my dad fought him in the bathroom. There was a whole scene. Oh, but. that's fucking amazing. <laughs> that should be that should have been Armageddon. Yeah, like no just shit. when he's doing like the animal crackers on his stomach, it cuts to your dad kicking <laughs> the shit out of Steve Buscemi for hitting on his fifteen-year-old daughter. Yeah, well, that's awesome, dude. So you got your exp- you you were on set, so you knew what you wanted to do. When was the first time you really felt like you did something? Uh, your first JTRO product, product, as it were. I God, I think junior in high school, I finally started making shorts where I was like, wow, this is fun. I really want to direct these things and act and things and write things forever. Like that was the moment when it was like, I did it, finally made a complete like edited project with music and all that crazy shit because computers were finally coming out. And it's like, yeah, this is nice. I remember, dude, Misty, did you ever, um, well, hey, what is your first favorite movie? I don't know if we've ever said that. My favorite movie ever? Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. You don't have a go-to? You've got to have, everyone's got to have a go-to. fun of me. Go for it. Quills. Yeah, I'm gonna make fun of you. I've never been sequels. It's uh, it's the the Marquis de Sade film yeah. with Jeffrey Rush. I go dazed oh, and confused because yeah. I like pot. Um, <laughs> did you ever shoot anything video stuff? Because I know you're, you've never really had the acting bug or any. Oh, other no. than the obvious. Uh, when you were a kid, I mean. Uh, you know, I would make fake fake TV shows. With would you? Friends. Would you yeah, film them? Yeah, my mom them? got a camcorder. She got a big one with the VHS, and we would record uh fake music videos, fake uh, fake talk shows. Where like we did Mari once. You did Maury? Throw in a baby doll across the room. <laughs> Who <laughs> said something about he's not the dad? Did he do the dance and shit? <laughs> oh no, you know, like Maury's the one where they do the paternity test. No, I know, but you know about the you are not the father dance. Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah my that, favorite Maury. Have you God, seen that? That's great. Yeah, the Maury clip where the guy just fucking pops and locks. And if you, if, folks, if you go and watch you are not the father, here's my favorite part about it. There's a gentleman in the audience with an Arizona Cardinals hat, and at one point, he does a move I can only describe as. Oh no, this N word didn't. Like he puts his hand on his head in just such happy exasperation and shakes his head in disbelief. It's awesome. Uh, Isolate that and that'll be that'll beat Vertigo next year when they do the new fucking list. Did you hear about geez. that list? Yeah. What do you think about Vertigo as the number one film of all time? Honestly, I don't think I've ever even seen the entire movie, so I can't really Me weigh either. in. I think it's about a murderer who can oh, wait. It's something very convenient. Like, yes. someone gets vertigo when something happens. All I remember of vertigo is, wasn't it the movie that they were watching in uh, 12 Monkeys at one point? It was, I believe. We watched 12 Monkeys last yeah. night or the night before, so it, it all comes together, man. Um, from junior high and high school, were you like, I'm going to go... Did you ever go to film school or anything, or no? I mean, there's a funny story behind that. I mean, I was going to... My brother went to L.A. film school, and I would just work on... You know, between making my own shorts, I would work with him on his crew. Like, I would be a camera assistant and be a grip. And then he started doing movies, and I would just be a camera assistant or grip, or I'd be a costume assistant for my sister, or I'd be a special effects assistant for my dad. Like, I just worked all the departments. And then by the time I was like, okay, I'll go to film school, I went 
And during the orientation, I was like sitting there and they're like, okay, we got this thing. And you know, basically I was like, okay, I'm not going to learn anything, but at least I can use their equipment and make some professional looking shorts. Nice. Fuck it. So I'll do that. And then they were like, well, you can't use any outside crew and you have to use the crew of these people that are in the room with you. And I'm looking around, everyone's explaining their favorite movies. There's this chick who's like, I just love Shaggy Dog. It's my favorite movie ever. And I was like, mm-hmm. actually, I'm going to get a refund and take this money and go make, <laughs> go make my first short, which ended up being the FP short. That chick then, wound up to be Anne Hathaway. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> then we, uh, just uh, we did the FP short with the money that I got refunded from film school, and that ended oh, up getting awesome. a movie made. So, so that was your film school. That yeah. was your film school paid for your movie, basically. Yeah. The film schools hate that story. I remember I got in a very unfortunate argument with somebody at a Q and A for the FP over that one. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I've seen a, lot, a trend recently. A lot of filmmakers, when people are saying, "What film school do you recommend?" They're like, "None," because they're fucking retarded. Get a camera and get some friends. Yeah, get, like get out there, watch and a lot of movies, learn it yourself, get the gear, and just I mess around. Don't, and be don't, to don't mess watch around. good movies. Everyone does this wrong when they're trying to learn how to make good movies. It's like, do not watch good movies. It'll frustrate you, and you'll be like, "I can never make this." Watch bad movies, see what went wrong, and study it, and learn what not to do. That's, a very That's the good best call, thing to do. Sir. So, you guys shot a short for the FP. When did you come up with the idea? When I was 16 years old, I came up with the idea. I was, I was going up to Reno to try and like bring my buddy back. He went up there for some reason. That was a whole weird quest in itself. But during that quest, I that could be and, the sequel to FP. Yeah, right there. no, I yeah. ended up I ended up in this arcade in one of the casinos, and I saw Dance Dance, and I had like an hour to kill, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'll try this game finally." And I was like, "This is so stupid." And then I got addicted to it and just kept playing and playing and playing, and I was like, "This is so dumb, but it's so fun." Because once I you just, start getting just, good, it's pretty awesome. I just love imagining you like fucking dancing your ass off while Sammy simultaneously going, "This is also awful. Yeah. Look how dumb I am!" Fucking busting spin moves and shit. Yeah, no, it was it was awesome. And then after that, like at the time, it was like, well, I hate the OC because you know I'm a 16 year old boy and I can't like that. So uh, and they I was, tried too. People yeah. used to be like, they like comics on that show, no. and I was like, no, they Shut don't. Up. Nobody cares. They don't. And. Uh, at the time, I was also playing the game Def Jam, where yeah. it's like you're the rapper and you beat the shit out of people. Yeah, yeah, I still absolutely. think it's probably the best fighting game ever made. It's, and we was, talked about the other day on a Def podcast. Yeah, that, yeah. God, I love that game. Henry Rollins trains you in the gym, but um, which it was that and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas that actually came with a lot of the lingo for the FP because I would do that and then like modify it and make it dumb. And that's something we were, I would definitely want to touch on. You almost created, you've basically created your own language in the FP. Yeah, I very mean, much in the same way that like in Clockwork, Alex and the Droogs all have their. Yeah. Kind of speech, you guys, like every, uh, was it? Ch- uh, ch- I wanted to check. You. Like, there's, there's a lot of really cool. There's, there's so much shit in that. Like, you know, cranberry juice and <laughs> using that just as an actual, you know, insult. Always. And every, no, no matter who you are in that universe, you talk like that. It yeah, seems yeah. like yeah, except, yeah. except for me, we knew that going into it that there had to be one straight guy in there. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to make sense of the movie. You have to have a voice of the audience, or else it would just get too confusing. So you and your brother wrote the script at like 16 or you had the well, idea? I, I wrote several drafts of the script over the years from like, because at 16 it started out as these little shorts that I made in high school that were really stupid and they were like little episodic like OC episodes, like making fun of the OC and that's why it ended up being called the FP. And then uh, my brother was like, because I would make shorts all the time and then my brother was like, okay, he'd always watch them and then he like finally, he was like, I was showing him some of the new shorts when he was home one weekend and he was like, Fuck that one. Make that no movie. I'm like, shut up. The F really the dance dance one. And then I went and wrote a script that was fucking bizarre. It was way too bizarre. And he's and he, you know, more bizarre than what made it wound up making it on 18 screen. 18 times more bizarre. Oh, Jesus. Like there was soldier references in there. Like basically how it originally went is that there was a point 
in my Jatro's backstory where he got kidnapped for a couple of years and went into like a soldier dance dance training camp <laughs> where they kill kids when you're not good enough. That's awesome. Yeah, but apparently that you know I was too. And there's a whole thing where like I impaled somebody with an American flag and said "God bless America." I mean, there was a lot of really weird shit in there. So we toned it down. Too. Yeah, we, we we toned it down to what it initially <laughs> and expanded on certain aspects. And then he, after a few drafts, he came in and we uh, polished up the final draft and made it. And so once you had a script, you were just like, "Fuck it, let's make it on our own." Yeah, no, we tried to get like tried to actually like shop it around to some like independent people, and there's like. Uh, this is I don't know. You say the N word. We're not really going to get in the get behind this. So nobody wanted to touch it. White kids saying the N word is a tough so, sell. Yeah, we, just, we had to get it funded too, ourselves, yeah. and uh, and we had to get it. And like trying to sell the movie too was just really interesting. Trying to get film festivals to look at. It. Like I think we got turned down from just about every film festival we ever put it into, except for until, the big one that made until, the difference. Yeah, South by Southwest. Like with Tim Lee, he was like. It was his favorite movie ever, and he's just like this one. And like, thank God for him, because otherwise nobody ever would have seen this. So basically, you guys, uh, how much can we say? How much you shot the film for? Uh, we estimated somewhere around sixty grand, like final budget. We shot it for like forty, forty-five grand, and then there was like fifteen to twenty of post. And which everyone knows for a feature film is fucking incredible, especially yeah, it was one with so really much hard. scope and and crazy shit that you guys have. We just it. wanted to bring every dime out because it's like we think the joke in the movie is like how seriously it's taken to where it's like if you can make it look and feel as much like a Jerry Bruckheimer movie as you can, that's going to be the joke. I mean, which I don't think we have really succeeded in, but, you know, we got close a couple times. You get close, dude. Um, so you guys shot the film for, like, six grand over the course of how long? Uh, it was a 20-day shoot. We had two pickup days, so it was a 22-day shoot, and then post-production took three years. Okay, as it usually does, right, I think? I mean, yeah, Isn't sometimes. that the standard I mean, I don't, I don't think it should. We had, we had some problems that made it take a lot longer than it should have. But, what uh, were the post-problems? Because that's insanely long, right? Yeah, no, it's insane. Well, the, the, some of the problems were my brother became an extremely successful DP in post, and there'd be six-month gaps at a time where we just couldn't work on the movie. Because you guys were editing together? Yeah. So it's like, you know, I couldn't do anything. He'd be gone for six months. So it was a post, post-process post delayed by a career. Yes. Which it could be much worse. There was worse. that and other things where it's favorite jobs, where it's like, okay, we're going to get the movie color time by the guy who colored Live Free or Die Hard, but... In order to do He's that, working. it's going to take a while because no, yeah, yeah. it's a favorite job for my brother. It's like uh, sound sound took a long time, too, because, like, you know, as you know, with anything, it's like you can get everything for free except for sound. They have the monopoly on it, and they're going to oh, make yeah. you pay for it. We're so it's like finding money to yeah. do that and then finding someone to do it in a timely manner is just insane. I live in a podcast mansion. That's how expensive sound is. <laughs> yeah, um, shit. So, but that had to have been so insanely frustrating to finish was, well, a 22-day shoot and then three years of I, not being able to show. I shot, like, I mean, I directed several other projects in the interim of that three years and like did so many other things like because i just was waiting around forever was there ever a point where you, not where you forgot about the fp more it kind of became shelved to it was a thing you well, did there was like forgetting about it there was just bring it up just makes you frustrated because it's been so long it's like it's like that kid that you just want to leave the house and you want him to go do something but he's just fucking hanging around and being a, a slug every kid ever. Yeah, every kid ever like me <laughs> to my dad before i left <laughs> So three years later, you guys finally uh, cut the film together to something you like, and you start trying to get into festivals with the fir- first move. Yeah, I mean, we were trying to get into festivals all the way back from like rough cuts, like you know, six months or a year in, like, and then, yeah, people just turned it down left and right. We try to take it to you know agencies through people we knew, and they would just only watch it for ten minutes and walk out and say no. Which is insane because how yeah. do you not want to? Yeah, that the, the there was a lot of people who will, just won't even in. watch it past five or ten minutes. Uh. Old people. Yeah, unfortunately, they run everything. Um, so you guys finally got into South by Southwest. Yeah. Was that like a fucking dream come true? That was badass because I love Austin and I love Alamo Draft House. Like everything they're doing is bitching. So it was just so cool to be a part of all that. 
So that call comes in, you're like, shit, we're in a festival. Yeah, Did- it's like, we have to do it. And the whole thing is like, we, you know, got the Paranormal Activity producers on, uh, uh, Steven Schneider and Jason Blum as executive producers, because through one of our connections, they ended up seeing it, and they liked it. And like, yeah, we're going to do all this stuff with this. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We just want you to reshoot the whole movie. And we're like, whoa, we're not going to reshoot the whole movie. What the fuck? Did you like it or not? Now, this sounds like you don't like it. And then like, No, they're what, like, we loved it, but it, we just want you to change was, every single thing It was such a nerve-wracking experience because leading up to going to South by Southwest, we didn't know if we were going to actually be able to get in or not because we just linked up with them. And like, we don't know if the movie's ready yet. We need to do a test screening. So we did a test screening. And uh, uh, their demographic was terrible. It's yeah, like basically everyone we were making fun of in the movie is who they brought to the movie. So it's like obviously they're not going to like it. Like out of a hundred person test screening, I think like twenty people walked out. Like I need to show you sometime like the test screening ballots I would love of the people them, that dude. hated this. Like it got like a fifty one percent or was it a forty nine? I can't remember. Whatever it was, it was so bad that Jason Blum's like. Any studio, if they got these numbers, this movie would never be released. And I was like, "Can we still go to South by Southwest?" <laughs> well, I guess. <laughs> and like, he was—he was, he did not want it to happen whatsoever. Well, like, they did not; they were not happy. <laughs> that's what's so great, and I think it has a lot of cult films, but certainly the FP is. You have people who absolutely love it. I mean, you, your supporters are diehard supporters. Yeah. But at the same point, I bet some of the bad reviews are fucking amazing. They're my favorite. Like, good reviews, whatever. Like, that's cool. It's like, oh, cool, you like the movie. I like it too. I get it. That's awesome. I'm glad you liked it. But the people who hated it are my favorite, like, because they have such a passion of it's how much they hate it. Weird it's like, vitriol, and right? they'll just like go you... on like just these five paragraph essays of just pure blind hatred. Like, you know, it's it's hard to make a movie that everyone loves, but I think it's almost even harder to make something that people hate that much. So, like, actually ruin someone's day with your movie is to piss them it's off. It's a pretty with your rewarding movie. feeling. Yeah, like, you, you made an offensive. Yeah, the film. worst feeling ever is to make something that's like we're in that weird gray area where someone's like, eh, whatever, and they forget about it. It's like I just spent four years of my life for a meh. That sucks. So at least you get you definitely yeah, get, a get a reaction. People it. remember it. Do you have any? Rem, do you remember any of the lines from any of the bad reviews that stick out? Like, oh man, there's some. Uh, one I just saw recently was great. It was like something about how the movie was terrible, but they're like on the plus side, the government can use it to break terrorists. That's awesome. That's <laughs> and one of them like, I wish a terrorist would uh, another terrorist one. I wish terrorists would have you know flown a plane into this movie. That was nice, a good one. Uh, it, lots of things about public execution and how they'd rather be like ass raped and like had their eyes ripped out and like at a slow torture than ever even watch a minute of this movie again. At and, least you're making people prioritize their lives. They yeah, yeah. they now know what their their threshold for ass rape is. Yeah, no, it was great. They're like uh, ass rape yeah, so, or uh, the so FP. keep keep those reviews coming. They're our favorite. <laughs> yeah. We print them out and put them up on the wall. Make now, it a scrapbook. So you guys went to South by Southwest. Um, Tim League and Draft House Films acquired the film for Distro, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's you did screenings across the country. Yeah, we did screenings all across the country and in Canada too, and all over. Just lots of different film festivals to raise awareness, and again, just to show you uh, how frustrating independent movies can be sometimes. Like, even though we, you know, we basically sold it to Draft House at South by Southwest, which is March, we couldn't announce that it was actually sold until August. That's how long wow. contract negotiations take on these movies. Like, Jesus, dude. like with my movie versus that Lucas and I, uh, Lucas Till, my buddy, we just sold. It's a superhero movie, which is my follow-up to this. We sold it probably eight months ago. And, and when just did you now, shoot it? We shot it in 2010. <laughs> exactly. And it's four, like, but the movie's, been, the movie's been done for over a year. And it's like, I mean, just done, done. Like, totally done. And then, like, it's been sold for, like, eight months. But we couldn't, haven't actually signed a contract until, like, a couple weeks ago. That's crazy, man. So, but at least, so now we know you have a follow-up film coming out. Yeah. Uh, but we should on the FP. Um, so uh, you went around the country. Do you remember you did uh, a, a run at Cinefamily here in LA, right? Yeah, 
And you were doing cool shit at the screenings. Did you ever do any dance offs or? Uh, there was. They actually for the premiere they got a dance machine out back and like and Pap sponsored the thing. So we we're just all super drunk, uh, drinking. This is, a, drink, this is it. That's family? in a family in the back. Oh, yeah. Like so, we we're super drunk. They had a big dance dance machine, and it was great because uh, my buddy Lee Valmassi, who I developed a lot of the movie with, who lives in China now, he was back from China for like a month. Uh, like randomly enough just for the uh, premiere which is rad so him and i got to have a drunken dance dance match awesome. in the back and Little i think everybody reunion. really dug that so that That's was really awesome, fun dude. and uh i did win very as as you should have <laughs> which uh, i shouldn't have because he used to be a lot better than me <laughs> he's gotten sloppy in china so uh what's it like been seeing the fandom grow for the fp like there were dudes cosplaying as you at comic-con yeah no it's ridiculous it's really hard to believe because this has just been like a really elaborate eight-year-long joke for me and i just can't <laughs> believe that like anyone actually gives a shit the joke is apparently on you dude because yeah. people do you know i know that's awesome so the fp uh people can check it out right now if they haven't uh please buy it there's like a cool collector's edition blu-ray yeah that comes yeah, yeah a poster come, yeah, it's like a poster and like an lwe grill and a tampon and that brandon and i had to sign and <laughs> So if you, shit, from, yeah. from trope, <laughs> if you want to sign tampon from the trove, if you want to sign tampon, you know, get on you can't find me on the street. That's awesome. That. And uh, so the sec- next film coming out that you did is called Versus. Yeah. What's that about? It's you and Lucas Till. <laughs> yeah, it's basically where... Lucas uh, Till, if you don't know, played Havoc in X-Men First Class. And uh, Hannah Montana's boyfriend. In, on the show, Brody, Hannah I believe. No, in the movie. Oh, shit, yo. yeah. I oh, didn't shit, even know yeah. that. I thought Havoc was impressive. Yeah. I mean, that's my favorite one. He doesn't like to talk about <laughs> yeah. it, but I just keep that Blu-ray on the shelf. Hannah Montana's Lucas Till, folks. So he's in this <laughs> film versus. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's about uh basically four superheroes that get dropped off in an abandoned town by their and they get kidnapped by their arch nemesis, but they get all their powers taken away and they're forced to compete in games like Saw to try and save innocent civilians. And it doesn't go very well because none of them have powers, and that's what they relied on. That's awesome. So, so meanwhile, they they could fry someone and fly up in the sky, but they can't fucking figure out normal human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like normal human shit. Like one of the guy, it's like he had superhuman strength and can't feel pain. But what happens now when you're getting your ass kicked? He's fucked. Yeah, yeah it's he's like just the worst. screwed yeah, because like you because you overcompensate with the whole yeah. thing. So he just becomes a bitch. And, that's uh, awesome, dude. And that's another thing you guys shot on your own. Yeah, no, it's something that I went and wrote and directed by myself in one of those gaps where Brandon was off doing his career. And uh, we shot it for no money, like no money, way less than the FP. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm super proud of it, how it came out. Like, you know, it's one of those labor of loves, I suppose. But I wrote the script in like a week because uh, we came across this chunk of change. And it's like, okay, we have this window to shoot this movie before Lucas goes off to shoot X-Men. Or we're never going to see him again for like eight months. We better do this now. So we're just like a race against the clock and shot in like 15 days. And you have a remarkable track record for like shooting movies for no money and then selling them. Yeah. Like I, two I, for two? I, yeah, I really hope that that doesn't have to continue. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it I could can, be much worse, man. Yeah. Uh, so that's awesome. And uh, can you say anything about when it's coming out? Or uh, I'm not exactly sure when it comes out, but I've heard a TBA or some kind of uh, like end of the year or beginning of next year, like DVD, Blu-ray, VOD, all Very that cool, shit. Man. And and then in terms of other writing and directing projects, uh, FP is a trilogy. You've said right. Oh yeah. And have you started been. working on FP two? I I have. I've got extensive notes, and I just keep begging Brandon to let me write it. But uh, he just keeps like you know, being a not, professional, DP. being professional, yeah. and not letting me get started. Because basically, I just have to have one long conversation with him to be like, okay, this is cool. This is cool for the the plot, right? Let me go write it. And uh, so anybody out there, uh, if you can go bug the shit out of him on Twitter or yeah, any page, find bug the living yeah. shit out of him and let me start writing F2P. If you people want F2P, yeah, it'll, annoy it'll, the living hell out of Brandon Trump. It'll be the sequel you deserve, but not the one you need right now. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And uh, and three will obviously come 
three will obviously come F- afterwards. You should, no, you should do FP3 first. No, it's FP360. Nice. F2P and FP360. Yeah, and uh, there may or may not be a cliffhanger at the end of FP2, Back to the Future style, that oh, leads shit. into the third one. It's going to be that little weird kid who fucking points at his dick on the train. You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen that clip on the internet? No, I have not seen that. I think it's actually the end of Back to the Future 3. Do you know what I mean, Misty? No. When the train pulls in and Doc Brown is there with Mary's Oh, fuck, I heard about this. Yeah, it's a little kid. And he's There's like, a little albino kid, and he and does it's this theorized weird... theorized that he's, he's pointing to, like, pee to his mom or something the, the off camera, The theory right? is that he's pointing to someone off camera that he needs to pee, but he gives a real creepy fucking stare and just points at his dick a couple times. How did times? none of us ever notice that, watching I that d- movie a thousand I times don't when we were know. A kid. Some genius was waiting for <laughs> yeah. it. That's the scary part. Not how we didn't notice Some it, how someone did. pointed it yeah, out. Because yeah. you know they were watching it for the first time, and they were immediately like, kid dick. Kid dick. <laughs> kid dick? Um, albino kid dick, too, which is even worse. I don't think he was an albino. He was just a toe-head, toe-headed young man, yeah. so I like wasn't that term. Not wasn't a ginger. He had a soul. Sorry, Misty. Uh, so F, uh, FP2, F2, uh, F2P. 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 Yeah, I wanted it to be two F2P, but Brandon's, yeah, he cut that down. I mean, just F2P. So those are your uh, writing, directing gigs. You have some acting work coming up, though, don't you? Yeah. You are you were in the film Hatchet 3? Yes, I was. Can we talk about that? Yeah. It's uh, my buddy BJ McDonald, who was uh, the steady cam operator on the other two Hatchet movies and the camera operator. He has also been my brother's camera operator and study cam operator for years, and uh, he loved the FP. He's one of the FP's number one fans, and he was just like, dude, can you come out here and do this movie? I love Jatro. And I was like, fucking A, I'll come out and do a Hatchet. Are you a fan of Hatchet 1 and 2? Yeah, no, I mean, I think they're just fun. They're just silly. They you know, don't take themselves too seriously, which I enjoy with those slasher movies, because when you try to make them and they're like, try to be too serious, it's like, come on, guys. I was describing it to someone recently, and that was the entire thing. I was like, it's nothing revolutionary, it's nothing game-changing, it's just a really fun slasher yeah, just fun. flick. Which and I mean, they this don't... one, they have automatic machine guns, so it's going to be the best. Nice. Very cool. And you guys shot in New Orleans? Yeah, which, uh, so they didn't really shoot any of the other ones in New Orleans, I found out. And, like, all the swamp shit was either, like, on stage or, like, here somewhere, like just out in the woods. So they didn't. They weren't ready for a new world. No, shoot, no, the swamp they? was fucking nuts. Like it's muggy as hell. Like the bugs were insane. Like we were all wearing like two layers of clothes and like full, fully clothed in our costumes. We were still getting bit through there. I had to spray ourselves down with bug spray everywhere. There's like actual crocodiles and like gators and shit just like swimming around. Like, just coming up on shore, you have to, like, throw rocks at them to get them to leave. I don't think you... Uh, that might be the worst idea. Yeah, no. It Throwing, was, I don't want to they throw were, they rocks They weren't that big. They weren't that big. Oh, okay, so fucking chuck them. Yeah, they weren't giant fuck ones. Fuck them. Then. They're only, like, five-footers. Throw beer cans at them yeah. and shit. Who cares? Uh, did you feel safe? Like, oh, yeah. you're shooting a big movie. Safe enough. I mean, it, this was, like, paradise compared to some of the shit I've done in the FP and my other movies. I was like, whoa, I have a trailer? Like, what is the, this shit? The swamp is Valhalla compared to fucking yeah, no, Fraser Park. It really is. <laughs> that's awesome dude so you got you're in the film um is this your first big acting other than other than your stuff yeah i guess so i mean did yeah. you dig it yeah I, I loved it it was fun just wait all i have to do is come here and say the lines and you get it? to go back to a trailer and, and i get like, to go back to a trailer and shit yeah, yeah and like you can go back to a trailer i'm like wait i have a trailer that's amazing you don't need dude. me here you're that like can i keep great. it forever yeah can i just i'll, I'll just stay there wouldn't that's that be nice. great if you put that in the contract you're like i need to hitch this to my car <laughs> yeah, this trailer's tra- actually coming home with yeah me. yeah this trailer belongs to me now we, we have a, a close mutual yeah, relationship it was super fun because i basically get just get to play like this weird like hick version of tommy lee jones and the fugitive 
So I'm like the guy that's on the scene, like reporting back to the sheriff, just being like, yeah, we got a lot of dead bodies out here. We're going to have to find this and cross-examine this and check this and that. And it's Is that the voice, too? It's something like that. All right. I like it, man. (laughs) Which I didn't really know I was going to do an accent until like take one. I was like, wait, everyone else is doing an accent. Eh, fuck it. Isn't that 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 weird moment where you decide (laughs) how you're going to sound in a movie? Yeah, yeah. That's like right on take one, like right in action. Fuck, are you guys doing accents? Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what happened. (laughs) And uh, then I was like, oh, God, that was probably bad. They're going to make me stop. I'm like, that was great. Keep going. I was like, all right. You're like, I either question my judgment or yeah, it, theirs. It, there was, I did a lot of improv in it, too, which usually, uh, you know, people aren't too cool with. And, like, I was like, oh, God, that was dumb. And then they just keep letting me do more That's and awesome, more. Dude. So I have no idea what's going to happen. And who else was in the uh, in the film with you? Um, Kane Hodder is back as yeah. Victor Crowley? W- yeah, which was awesome. Had because, to be amazing to fucking Well, it was, yeah. it was bitching because I have this uh, sign, because my dad worked on one of the Friday the 13th, I think, like the Jason Takes Manhattan or whatever that one was. The one where he's on a boat for an hour and 10 minutes and in Vancouver for 15. Yeah, whatever That's that one Jason was. Takes Manhattan. Whatever, whatever it is, my dad worked on that. And I have a uh, thing of my room where it's, I have, signed from him that says to Jason good name or whatever and it was just surreal like putting together like wow I'm meeting that guy that signed something for oh, me that's when I was totally a kid. awesome man and now I'm shooting at him that's great um, who are the other actors in the flick anyone uh, for, oh, I there, think there's uh, the the guy who's the the kid in in uh, Gremlins is all grown up now fucking uh, Billy Campbell wait uh, yeah, that was the character's name in Gremlins yeah now he's now he's an adult. Are you serious? He's much, yeah, he's in his late forties. That's awesome, Zach Gallagher. He, yeah, he's the sheriff. I have scenes like going back with, and I'm like, holy shit, with fucking me, Billy. Me and Billy are fucking hashing out That's right amazing, now on the radio, dude. Holy shit. Yeah. So I mean that that was a good geek moment for me. Of course, uh, Sean Whalen, who I have in a lot of my projects, who is Roach and People Under the Stairs. It was fun actually having a scene together in a movie that wasn't related to us because he's in every one of my movies. Nice. And all, everything someone, I do. Someone else. Had yeah. A and, then, and, the, so, <laughs> and then he came, and we have a scene together. So it was, we were just cracking up. That's awesome, dude. I'm still fucking stuck on Billy. Wouldn't it have been amazing if, like, you went and he was like, hey, come on my trailer. I gotta show you something. And you walked in there. And fucking Gizmo. Gizmo was just chilling out. Just like, fuck, but like, <sighs> fucking, but a mean Gizmo, like, reading, yeah, like, hardcore porn. Just and, like, like Ted, pissed off with cigars. And shit. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's been a while since Giz has been on, like, Christmas, your <laughs> yeah, Christmas Gizmo's toilet. got a real bad stripper problem, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, uh, actually, uh, Rilea, uh, v- um, uh, Vander, fuck me. Right, Leia. She's from Team Unicorn, who's been a guest on this show like four yeah. or five times. Uh, she's in the film as well, I believe, right? Yeah, she is. That's awesome. So it's a, it's a bagged and boarded reunion movie, gang. Yeah, I know. It was, it, was, uh, it was very fun. Everybody out there was super nice. That's awesome, dude. And um, did you do, are you allowed to talk about the other acting you did while you were out there? Uh, I mean, I can say that I was in it, but okay, I can't really say anything I saw, beyond that. I saw on the IMDb. Because it is on IMDb, so I can say that. And it but, got me so incredibly excited, dude. Yeah, let's just say I played Jatro in The End of the World, Seth Rogen's directorial debut, but and I can't if, say For those of you who don't it. know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this, this is worthy of bringing up the IMDb page because the cast list is the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. It's the expendables of comedy. No, that's exactly what it is. Like, I was joking with my brother because my brother was shooting it, and I was like, yeah, you're just making the expendables. And I can attest that it will probably be the best Seth Rogen camp movie that there's oh, ever been. I can't wait. All right, ready for this cast, folks? It's the most insane. <laughs> Emma Watson, Jonah Hill, James Franco, Seth Rogen, Jason Siegel, Paul Rudd, Michael Sarah, Jay Baruchel, Rihanna, Danny McBride, Aziz Ansari, Kevin Hart, David Krumholtz, Mindy Kalig, Martin Starr. It keeps going. Craig Robinson, Evan Goldberg, Ricky Mabe from Zack and Mary. Yeah, C Rob is the shit. And fucking Jatro. Come yeah. on, man! That's got to be the coolest like, it, company it was the to coolest be in of all it, time. It was awesome. With I mean, Craig Robinson getting super drunk with him out there was probably the most fun I've ever had. You know, Craig, he's now been he got an FP name, C Rob, and C Rob may end up being an F two P. Oh shit, dude! That's awesome. I love Craig Robinson. This he's is the shit. 
that had to have been the coolest fucking thing ever, man. And your yeah, brother, God, cool. and with, with your brother DP. Yeah, like, it was awesome. And actually, my brother is also in the scene that I'm in, and that's all I can say. All right, so obviously everyone's going to see this movie. This is the craziest movie I think of it all comes time. out the weekend. <clears throat> Man of Steel comes out, so that should be interesting. I wish I was fucking Citro and I could be in the... Can I be Citro? Uh, is there a Citro? You're, you're not we'll, a Tro, man. We'll work on it. Okay, I'm not a Tro. I'm Emco. That, would that, be my, would that be my FP <clears throat> name? Hmm. How do you do yeah, an FP so. name? Let's give yeah, everyone MCO. FP names. So it's yeah, like, you'd be Emco. Emco, that works, man. I sound like some weird like fucking Walmart. Or if we just take out the H and just make you Mcon. I like Mcon. I like that better than Emco because Emco sounds yeah. like a chain store. It's like your Petco. Let's do Mcon. Yeah, yeah, Mcon. I like it. Misty, what's your FP name? I have no idea. Mdon. That's kind of that works. What's your last name? Taylor. Taylor. Misty Taylor. Hmm. Mailer. Mailer. Huh. Mailer Demon. Or no, it probably is, it'd probably just be Mtay. Mtay. All right, that works. We'll take Mtay. Uh, that's awesome, dude. And you've got. Can you talk about the web series uh, you're working on? Because that uh, I'm incredibly excited for. Yeah, that. I'd, I'd love to talk about it. We're just shopping it around right now. Now we're piecing together all the episodes, and we've finally finished shooting, which was a hell of a thing. You told me the concept one night in a very alcohol fueled uh, Comic Con <laughs> thing, and I was like, "Yeah, that sounds cool." And then I watched the trailer, and I fucking got so incredibly excited. Basically, yeah. it's just debauchery on camera. Yeah, that's, you have a fucking flamethrower. Yeah, no, there's a lot of shit going on. That that the flamethrower comes out in uh because that's when we're training to basically the whole show is. So yeah, give us the pitch. I'll give you the pitch and I'll tell you what the flame where the flamethrower comes in. Um, the, <laughs> the, the the pitch being it's basically uh Lucas Till and I, we are the uh, we're the pussy police, <laughs> and uh, we're this reality show that's been going on. And we're basically, it's like a knockoff of Jersey Shore. Where all we do is go around and you know slam ass, so to speak. And uh, we've just been getting out of control, like on drugs and drinking and all that. And the show, the ratings are going down. So then this season, they're going to ship us to Thailand and then add a chick cast member who is Scout Taylor Compton. Oh, awesome. And, uh, From uh, Rob Zombie Halloween yeah. Flicks, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she's the chick. She plays Sonia. And uh, we obviously don't dig on chicks and the pussy police because we're not the dick police. So we don't dig on that. <laughs> and then uh, wackiness ensues once we go to Thailand. And long story short, we end up having to search for buried treasure. So it becomes like Jersey Shore meets National Treasure. And, uh, that's, That's when shit in, with, gets hot. With but flamethrowers and monkeys. So, no, the, like... the flamethrower comes in pre-Thailand because basically there's this thing called the pussy course before we go to, because I have to like shape up and train, train dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to train dollars up who is uh, who Lucas plays. And, dollars, uh, what's your character name? My name is the Lobo and I lay the wolf bite on all the bitches. The Lobo and dollars. Very yeah, nice. Man. So uh, I have to train him in the pussy course and basically I'm training him for anything we might come up against in Thailand, which is like, you know, jumping from explosions and getting flamethrowers and shit <laughs> like this. That's what we think is going to happen when we get there. We've, we think it's going to be a lot crazier than it is for sure. And you guys actually went to Thailand. Yeah, we actually to went to Thailand it. to shoot it for like two or three weeks. How was that? It was nuts. It was really hard, but it was fun. Because it's not like everyone thinks like, oh, Thailand's crazy. But you went to Thailand to specifically be crazy. In Thailand. Which, How do you mentally even fucking prepare for that much wrong? It's really hard because like you would think that we got drunk all the time, but it's like you really can't get that drunk because you're like, okay, I got to keep my wits about me because I'm still in a foreign country and like a third world country and like shit can get like, hot I've really s- quick. I've seen locked up abroad. You yeah, don't want to get don't fucked fuck within around. Thailand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, that was interesting and we were on edge because of that, but um. We got away with a lot of stuff there. That's pretty amazing. That's awesome, dude. And incredible, like fucking locations to have. Oh, yeah. And I'm assuming free too, right? Yep. You got like you stole the or, most uh, amazing footage. Ever. ever you want to say it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like there was one scene in particular that totally got fucked over, and we had to wait a day to shoot it because there's a sign that says "Don't feed the monkeys." And we're like, oh, what is it? Like one or two monkeys? Whatever. A herd of like 200 monkeys comes out of the jungle and starts just like eating everything you can find and grabbing people's backpacks and going through it. They started like eating our medicine and batteries and just oh. taking shit. <laughs> and then like you try to like take it back, and they're just like. <sighs> 
and like the huge teeth that look like they just bite your hand off. And it's like, oh, you monkeys are fucking assholes. Did you get that on camera? Yeah, we got some of that on camera. And it's like, yeah, we just got delayed by monkeys, which I've never had to deal with on a shoot before. That's the best reason to be delayed. So uh, where can people see the, uh, there's a trailer for it, right? Yeah, there's a trailer up on YouTube. If you put in a Wet and Reckless teaser trailer, you can see the trailer for it. And there's a Wet and Reckless um, Facebook fan page. That'll be uh, giving out lots of news, which is, uh, I think, facebook.com slash PPD for life. PPD standing for Pussy Police. Pussy Police. You know, department. D- okay, department. All right. It's the Department of Pussy Police. Yeah, this is the department. Third precinct. Yes. Um, And, and then it's a, it's a web series, right? So yeah. I de- hopefully... We're, we're shopping around to a couple different people, and hopefully we can get it out sooner rather than later. I'd love to have it out by fall, because it's ready to rock, and I don't feel like waiting four years for something to release again. <laughs> yeah, right? You're done with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with that. What's, what's the next move for you uh, career-wise? You- career-wise. Um, like, what's the big picture for, for the, JTRO? The big picture for JTRO. Well, my brother and I are working on a couple scripts and things that we're trying to get out and actually direct bigger things. We're up to direct a couple bigger movies that will be fun, but... You know, you never know if those things are going to work or not. Even if you have it, you never know if the movie's going to happen. So I just have a lot of little projects, and I'm still moving forward because I just, I don't want to stop. And you work all the time. Yeah, no, like I mean, you, you're, you have you're to. doing film stuff every day, right? Yeah. So yeah. much so that I was at a party you were supposed to come to the other night, and you couldn't attend because you were so like worn out from work. You cut the top of your finger off. Yeah, and then I had to super glue it back on and keep yeah, going. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I probably should have went to the hospital, but oh well. Yeah, I mean, how's, how's it looking? Have you looked under the band-aid? Yeah, it's looking okay. You're like, it looks like a super glued yeah, finger. Yeah, it looks like a super glued finger. That's exactly what it looks That's like. That's awesome. Did you cut it completely? No, it was a, a large chunk. Wow, man. All right. That works. <laughs> Definitely you, probably should have got bleed, stitches. You bleed for your art, man. Well, it was just that time when it's like, you know, it's five in the afternoon, traffic's going to be terrible, and you just like, you imagine like driving an hour to get to the hospital and then waiting there for eight hours for them to tell you like, oh, it's too late to get stitches now. Like. It, just didn't seem like something I wanted I to do. I had the same thing the other day. I fucking I well, look at her laughing already. Uh, I'm a Frankenstein monster, man. No, <laughs> oh my I, God. I I uh, it's not that bad Jesus now. Christ. But see, it is Jesus Christ. I was like, well, I don't, how'd you do that? I don't know what the fuck I was doing. Did you headbutt Max or what? I headbutted my shower door. Oh fuck! That and was um, gnarly. Wait, it was like uh, uh, Misty uh, was hanging out that day. We were gonna do some work, and uh, what did you hear from the other room? I just heard you screaming, "Fuck! Fuck!" Fuck. And I was like, oh my God, is he? And he did for like five minutes. I, like, I walked out. I there. walked out. And she goes, were you just jerking off in there? And I was, I had blood gushing like, down I my wish. Blood gushing down my fucking forehead. I was like, yeah, I think I have a concussion. Like, I needed to take you to the hospital to get stitches. And I was like, you do not need stitches. So, apparently, <laughs> so either, I, either I didn't need stitches or, or, it was too late. or we'll find out soon. <laughs> uh, the other best part about that day was at one point, like four hours later, I thought it was all under control. And I was, <laughs> I was out on my balcony over here and I was leaning down to pet my dog. And I got the distinct feeling of wetness on my head. And I, I was like, hey, Misty, am I bleeding? And her face just turned to pure horror. I ran in the oh bathroom. God. There was blood gushing down the middle of my fucking oh, face, dude. <laughs> uh, so we, we all bleed for... You bleed for your art. Yeah. I bleed for being a fucking stoner at 9 o'clock in the morning, not being able to walk in the shower. I, I guess well, I it happens. Here's where the story gets really bad, which you don't even know about. Yesterday, as I saw a little bit of blood on the shower door. I saw where I hit my head. How fucked oh, really? up is that? So, if I ever murder someone in this apartment, my blood's in here, I'm fucked. Mm-hmm. Thorough cleaning is what what's needed for that. Yeah. Because I have plans for you, Misty Dawn. Uh, that's awesome, dude. So, where can people find you online? Where can people keep in, tr- in touch with you? Well, I mean, I think the easiest way is just to find me on Twitter. I'm usually saying some kind of jerk-off thing or self-promoting on there. It's at uh, the JTRO. That's the official one. Do you have a not-official one? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, there's some asshole that took at Jason Trost. 
some actual Jason Tross, and there's actually an at Jatro, which also bummed me out. There's another Matt Cohen, and I've been challenging him to like a Highlander style pod duel for yeah, as it should be years now. Like w- two people enter, two people will probably yeah. leave, but I will come up. There's much also cooler. there's like a JasonTross.com from another like writer director actor guy but i mean he doesn't really do anything but like it just sucks that like there's this other guy that like got there first and took everything before i uh i'll actually i'll give i'll give away a uh it's a wga copyrighted idea so don't even fucking think about it but uh this dude has my sag name and i thought it would be a funny script about a guy who like try like not saying i go try to murder the fella mm-hmm. but a dude Assume like his identity a dude trying desperately to get rid of to like first pay off the guy and then like all the desperate measures he does to, to make a guy quit his like amazing acting career because i'm just fucking an egomaniac and don't want to put three t's in my name if i'm ever in a movie god that'd be awesome that's the move though yeah everyone's like what about matthew cohen what about maddie cohen i was like what about matt cohen with just three t's extra t's for fucking talent <laughs> triple t triple yep. threat yep that's what they say <laughs> Uh, so what are you psyched for any you're a big fucking movie fan are you psyched for any films what was your, your favorite film this summer so far can you say oh the favorite film I saw this summer I just saw last night and uh, I can't say the name but it's a certain sequel where all of our childhood heroes are in so let's say it rhymes with fiery of a pimpy tid it's, it's diary of the wimpy <laughs> yeah. kid dog days I'll say it I didn't sign a fucking NDA I love definitely diary I loved Roderick kid. rule so I don't blame you what the fuck are those movies, and why are there I've never three seen of them. them? I've never seen them. And here's my—I just thought about this last. Every night. time I forget about one, there's a poster for the second one. I'm like, what the? Hell I was is drinking. Going on? I was drinking a little whiskey oh, last man. night, and I saw a trailer yeah. for the third one, and I thought, all right, they've got to shoot like two of those a year for the next five years because those kids are going to get old really fucking soon. Yeah. So that's a, that's like a Harry Potter type situation where they better shoot the next do- Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Does anyone really care though? Apparently so. There's fucking three of them. I don't see Judy Moody in the Not Bummer Summer two. Fuck. Which I don't I think ex- anybody saw I number was one. Excited for. How do you not with that name? <laughs> I didn't see it, but I bet she had a totally Not Bummer Summer. Yeah. Um. Uh. What films? Are you, any films you're excited for coming out? Like, what's the movie you're most anticipating? Uh, most anticipating. There's a lot of Arnie flicks coming out. We were talking about that oh, before. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, everything with Arnie. I mean, Expendables 2, obviously, everyone should look out for. Um, the Tomb, I think, is going to be the fucking badass. The Tomb is movie with Stallone. Yeah, and that... Stallone's directing it? Or no, it... they're just both in it. And, like, Arnold's got the rad gray goatee and gray hair. It's like, I cannot wait for that That's one. Awesome. Damn it, odds. And then he's got uh, The Last Stand, which yeah. we mentioned uh, That's, That should be bitching. That should the be The Last cool. Stand between and, America and Mexico is Arnold. Yeah. And then we've got uh, Triplets, right? Oh, didn't, God. Didn't yeah, I forgot they, about that. They want to make Murphy? a sequel to Twins with I mean, Eddie Murphy. Fuck it, I'll watch it. I love Twins. I mean, I'll, I will watch it, too. I, I wish just, we were I mean, getting obviously it. Obviously, it's scary, but in I'll the, watch the show. In the of scheme it. of shitty Schwarzenegger flicks, I would love fucking like Jingle All the Way Home or something. That's <laughs> the one I want. Because A... Sinbad needs some work. God, does he? Is he still alive? I, I, he was on Celebrity Apprentice like two seasons ago, and he made it like an episode. <laughs> and you realize why? Oh, he that's work. our Sinbad. Because he's not funny, and he's kind of an asshole. He's never been funny. No, never really. Got, even when I was like, he tricked us for a while. Even when I was like though. an eight-year-old kid watching Jingle All the Way, I'm like, I'm not laughing. He, um, it was a weird thing where, like, when I was a kid, he was just a famous person, so you kind of you accepted it. Yeah, he's but, giving the benefit of the doubt. Like, yeah, oh, but, I guess that's and how then it is. When you get later, years older, uh, years older or years later, I forget how to talk sometimes. It's a condition. <laughs> you're like, why was Sinbad ever a fucking thing? Yeah. Same with Arsenio Hall. Have you watched clips uh, of the Arsenio Hall interview people? No. It's amazing. He it's never knows anything about the guest. And he just <laughs> maybe, goes, maybe that's his joke though. He'll be like, so you were in Batman. Was that cool? Like people are like, yeah, it was a really big movie. All right. We're going to come back after this break. Maybe that's his joke. You never know with those comedians.
He's a funny guy. A lot um, of comedians love the jokes where nobody laughs, and that's where they get off because they always hear people laugh. So they like to just fuck with people. So a lot of know. them have based their entire careers off. Yeah, I, I did a podcast. Uh, ben Glebe does a show on this network. I'll, 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 do, I'll tell the story behind the scenes now. And uh, I had to record it one day, and the guest was Tony Clifton. Are you familiar with who that is? No. Tony Clifton was Andy Kaufman's character that he would come out as sometimes. Oh, it was like that okay. lounge singer with like yeah, the bad yeah, mustache. Yeah, that's right. Now, Andy Kaufman died like 30 years ago, but Maybe. Tony, well, that's what people say. People say he's either, uh, people say it's either Andy Kaufman alive as Tony Clifton. Like, I could have theoretically met Andy Kaufman. A lot of people think yeah. I did. A lot of people think it's a comedian named Bob Zamuda who was involved in the whole thing. And the third option is that it's just a guy named Andy Kaufman. Excuse me, Tony Clifton. <laughs> Regardless of any of the fucking history of it, his entire shtick is just to be offensive and not funny. Yeah. But it was so offensive and not funny that I was offended and not fucking laughing. Yeah, it, it was an uncomfortable hour. It's a fine line. And I was like, either that dude is either really, really good at what he does. Like, if that's his goal is to yeah. just make me fucking hate or him. Or he's just of, a motherfucker. Or he's just a fucking horrible human being. Yeah. Uh, we had to edit a lot of stuff out on that episode. But uh, but it was like comedy history, so it was kind of cool to be a part of, I guess. Um, let's think what else. Uh... Do you are you into comics or video games or anything like that? I mean, I love comics. I've never really I read mean, one. I, I <laughs> no, I've I've read several. I mean, I've read like graphic novels a lot, but like I've if you ask me like what happened X Men number sixty two, I wouldn't know because I know all like my comic book history. Kitty from, Pride fought. No, I don't. Yeah, know. I know all of them from like the animated series, like basically like the X Men animated series. Like I thought was fucking awesome. I grew up on that. I know everything about X Men from that. That's a same thing with Batman. Like both of those. How old are you, dude? Twenty five. I'm twenty seven. That is the one of the most cultural touchstones of dudes of our generation. Is that X Men aired at like seven a.m. It's X Men and like Batman animated series. Those are the ones. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Those are the two, and that's why I know about comic books are from watching those every single day. I just remember being in like sixth grade, and every lunch would be a roundtable of, of discussing that morning's X Men episode. Oh yeah, it yeah, was always. important television. My brother and I always loved uh, the uh, the Bishop ones; were always our favorite. Bishop was my favorite X Men, dude. Yeah, the Bishop and Cable shit, where they have to go into the future. It's basically just Terminator Two, but X Men. Totally. Did you hear and, they announced? And and I mean, uh, maybe we will have Lucas on one day to talk about it specifically. But did you hear they announced the second film? Yeah, I heard. I heard, and I'm very uh, days I'm wary. of future past. I'm wary, I'm wary too. Uh, Misty X Men Love at First that First Class Two is going to be called Days of Future. Just past. because it's like if you're going to do that, fucking do it. Don't give me the half-assed wimpy one. Days of Future Past is like one of the most famous X Men storylines yeah, of all time. It's like Kitty Pride time travels to the future and find with Wolvie or is Wolvie there? I think, I don't know, well, in the animated series, Wolverine was dead in the future. Okay, so in the comic, it's, it's the comic, basically, the cover of the issue is Kitty Pride and Wolverine hovering in a helicopter spotlight, and behind them on a brick wall are pictures of all the X-Men with X's through their heads. Kitty Pride basically travels to a future where uh, the Mutant Act went through, and they've killed every, mutants are in concentration camps. Like, all the X-Men are dead. Uh, maybe one or two are alive, and like all mutants are born into concentration camps, and they meet this guy named Bishop, who's uh the most badass fucking X Men ever, yeah, ever, ever, ever. Like just a giant black between dude him with, and Cable, man. Giant black dude with like really long, beautiful fucking hair with like yeah. white streaks in it, and yeah. his power was like he could take whatever power you had and use it for a while, kind of like Rogue. Something's going on. Someone's a Bishop fan upstairs. <laughs> uh, but but it's an awesome, awesome storyline. Here's why I'm wary. 
fucking Wolverine and Kitty Pride. Well, also, I'm I'm just worried because I feel like they'll half-ass it. They won't go all the way with it. And like the classic thing with any X-Men movie is like they like to ground it too much in reality. It's like this is fucking sci-fi. I'll tell you what, it's though, sci-fi. First Class, I really, really enjoyed. I like First Class. I mean, I got some I got some issues with some of it, but like I think overall, it's I mean, it's definitely the best X-Men movie. Yeah. It's still, it's like, but because I'm such a fan of X-Men, it's like almost almost perfect but but here it was and here's the incredible thing about first class i think it is the best x-men movie and it's amazing that i think that because it is the least faithful to the fucking comics i'm surprised they have a movie that's even watchable with how they made that movie with first class yeah just because of like they were down to the wire at like eight months before it to like they start keep, shooting before it came doing out doing that with these x-men it's like if you just give them some fucking time it's the curse like, of x-men 3 yeah. brett ratner came on they were like all right you have to give us a movie in six months he was like i'll give you a fucking I mean, movie it's definitely a testament to matthew vaughn all that they actually shat something out that was really watchable and the best one because it's like they like just from knowing some stuff it's like they were it was it was rough well there's story i mean there's i think there's stories about that set too but yeah. like yeah, yeah there's a lot of I, that yeah there's a lot of that happening now with these giant movies like world war z do you know anything about that yeah i, I know that it was just a big clusterfuck and they're rewriting the entire they're third like, act and reshooting it and, they've been shooting for like seven months they've already spent like 200 million dollars and apparently like they don't have a movie like they keep hiring new writers and new directors and they're and, doing like seven weeks of reshoots which is like a whole movie that's insane what about gi joe too do you know about that oh i mean I, I know some stuff about that, but yeah, it's oh like, shit, you actually know some. Yeah, stuff I actually, about that. I, well, you know, I, I know some people, but um, yeah, it's Mister, they, you know they about definitely the G. I. Joe thing? they yeah. definitely pushed it because it's a piece of shit. GI Joe was supposed to come out like next oh, week yeah, or yeah, no, already. No, already it was supposed to come out the uh, July. Week, it was supposed to come out the week weekend. Before, Ted came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, apparently, and they flipped them. That's right. Uh. Apparently, it's such a piece of shit that it's near unwatchable, and they're trying to do whatever they can to save that and dump it in March when they have no competition. The big rumor, or it's not even a rumor anymore; it's pretty much confirmed, is that almost all of the reshoots involved Channing Tatum. Uh, yes, they did. And yeah, because basically, because te- the te- they tested they the tested test the audience, movie. and everyone was pissed that he dies in the first. They're like, minutes. "What do you want?" And they were like, "More Channing Tatum." And they were like, "Oh fuck, we didn't, we don't have that." Yeah, he's, like, he's dead in the first fifteen. Every, and that's the the bummer thing to me about GI Joe two in general is I really like the fucking first one. Yeah, it was. I know, thought it was super it, fun. It was fun. I, honestly, I don't even remember it. It was just a fun fucking popcorn movie. It was ridiculous. And like for. Those- and it was insulting to me as a fan of it that they were like, "All right, but you know that cast is, I you just, love." I don't see. They're all gone. I don't see what they're gonna do better. Like, I was actually pumped to see it. I was like, "It's gonna be a big, dumb, stupid, sure, fun movie." Cool. I'm sure. And it's like, I just don't see what they're gonna do to make it any better in those few months. I think the main thing is like, oh, if we convert it to 3D, we'll get our money back overseas. What happened was, but they're uh, post-converting, so yeah, it's garbage but, anyway. Yeah, but battle, but it doesn't matter because overseas, overseas, they Carter. just they just see 3D and like people just buy tickets. Like if you're Chinese and it's like 3D, okay, here's all my money. They just don't give a shit. Apparently, that's what the studios think anyway. And like Battleship came out and scared the shit out of them. Battleship <laughs> and John Carter really changed the fucking film industry, kind of, because you had two, and I mean, yeah. and Aliens versus Cowboy, Cowboys versus Aliens the year before, mm-hmm. just like. Three hundred million dollar movies that just fucking well, it's disappear. Like, I, you know, I got an idea. It's like you can make all these movies for a hundred or under easily. It's like why not just do that? Absolutely, and that's, stop that's spending pretty, so much money on I, movies because you don't have to. No, it's just no, and all that money is just falling through the cracks and going to people who it shouldn't be anyway. So and it's, it's three hundred dollars without the marketing budget. Yeah, so those are like half billion dollar films that make like 
80 million, 150 worldwide. Yeah, but, like, but no, a lot of the times, though, with some of these movies, too, it's like it's also the competing studios like bashing the numbers and telling people to flop. Because even with John Carter, John Carter made its money back, but nobody tells you that because it didn't make its money it back. It made th- over 300 million, like worldwide or whatever, but they don't tell you that. All they say is, like, oh, it only made like 80 in America. But it's like, well. I've read articles where it's, it's listed in the top biggest, top 10 biggest box office failures of all time. It's definitely, I think they broke even. Yeah. <laughs> Like See, and people funny, make it seem that way, but it's like, I don't know. I love John Carter. I thought it was one of the coolest movies it, this yeah. year. Like I thought it was gonna be so terrible because the trailers were dog shit, and I went in seeing it on a whim because my brother was like, "Dude, you should check this." I'm like, "Really? It looks gay." So then I go in there and like, that's like pretty good. I was blown away. Like it was one of my favorite just pulpy action adventure movies that's I've awesome, seen in years. Dude. Like, what like so much fun. What, 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 what it was, it was exactly what you want it to be, and it's like. Also, just the fact that like it's based off of, sto- of a story that was written 100 years ago, which literally every science fiction movie and film to date is stolen from. It's just awesome so cool to trilogy. see. And it was a great book, if, too. If yeah. they would have marketed it, it's just about this guy that goes to Mars from Civil War. And they basically, didn't tell you they didn't anything tell you that. about the Civil War. They didn't tell War, you about the Civil War. They don't tell you about Mars. Which is my favorite he, thing. He, go, he goes to Mars and basically becomes this superhero that because of low gravity, he can like jump like Superman and fly around as yeah. super strength and, and he, like, shit. And, then, and our, bo- his bone density is yeah. crazier. And it's like he basically just goes there and becomes a superhero. And it's like, that's awesome. Like, imagine if fucking Jonah Hex got transported to Mars, kind of. Yeah. Like, he's like a badass Civil War. And it's like... bitching. Like, there's a scene when it's like he has to save the princess, and he's like jumping hundreds of feet in the air to these ships and like blowing them up and taking them down and like swashbuckling Arrow Flynn shit. Yeah, it's like, yet, this is no, radical. And yet I won't, I didn't see it because yeah. everyone was like, stay away. Yeah, no. And like, the music's awesome and it looks fucking cool. So that's and... cool, man. I'll definitely, I'll definitely check it out. Bagged and boarded. Yeah, listeners. I definitely recommend it. You hear that? We'll check it out. Um,. That's awesome, dude. Thank you for coming by, bro. Yeah, totally. Anytime. Was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, this was a lot of fun. Everyone go check out the FP and Versus when it comes out and follow this man online and, and devote your lives to him because he's a good guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm out there. He's out there. Um, you know what else is out there? We'll do a little quick business. Uh, I am, um, I've been talking about it for like two years now, so I figure I better fucking shit or get off the proverbial pot. I have a Kickstarter up right now for my graphic novel, Geek. Uh, it's something I wrote with, uh, I wrote in a buddy... Sean DePasquale, who's been on this show before, helped uh, edit, and this dude Axel Ortiz is going to draw it, and it's a really, really fun graphic novel. Just quick, quick uh, synopsis. It's about. Uh, I'll give you the pitch from the online thing. It's it's what happens when a uh, your average stoner comic book nerd goes from uh, just another geek on the floor of San Diego Comic Con to the leader of a top secret government organization made up of the world's most elite super geeks in the course of one day. So it's it's. It's basically, a, it's a superhero book. It's about a, a team called Geek that's made up of, uh, like, the preeminent geeks of the world. The team There's, like, a video game geek and an anime geek and a sci-fi geek, and they all use their insane uh, geek knowledge to, to fight the evil forces of Slick, which are, like, agents and actors and fashion people and, you know, like, assholes and shit like that. Um, But it's fun, and there's celebrity cameos, and it, it's a comedy book, and it's bloody, and it's a lot of fun, and the Kickstarter's going amazingly well so far. We want to thank you guys. We've raised almost... Six thousand dollars in like two and a half days or something, and um, the incentives are really cool. So if you want to check it out, just go to Kickstarter and type in Geek or type in Camel Toad, and uh, and I hope you dig it, man. That's that's my big thing, and I really really want to make a comic book. So help me out, yo. Um, other than that, Misty, where can people find you online? At me, I'm Misty Dunn. On Twitter. Twitter. All right. I said, that's why I said at. Okay, I see that. That's actual. It's an actual word too. Yeah, but yeah. when people talk about hashtag lingo, that doubles as like a squiggly thing and a word. Okay, so at me on Misty Dawn on Twitter. Have you ever internet before? No, I have no idea what that is. I, I think pay all he does on there is talk to me. I pay. I talk to Jatro on there <laughs> and everything else. I have an assistant doing all this for me. You're a dick. He's a dick. I'm a dick. He's a fucking dick. That's why I make you him have go an on assistant? my internet. No, 
my dog. Say, man, I need a fucking assistant. My dog. Um, <laughs> you can find me online at uh, Camel Toad on Twitter, CamelToadProductions.com. I'm bringing back uh, be a lot of geek updates, and again, check out the Kickstarter. And Bagged and Boarded is back, yo. We're recording a, a ton of episodes every Saturday here at Smodcast.com and iTunes. Subscribe. Tell your mom. Tell your children. Tell your husband because we're potting everybody out there. Um, what did we learn today? We just learned that Jay Tro- if if the apocalypse happens, you're gonna want to be next to this gentleman. Uh, Jay Tro's the man. That was fun. Go see the FP. I'm Matt Cohen. It's been bagged and boarded. It's been real. What? Bagged and boarded. Jesse watch lots of movies, get mad ladies, smoke mad doobies, bet and boarded it's the way your life, tell your friends, tell your moms, tell your hoe, tell your wife, coming at you on a weekly basis, kicking up pod for your sexy faces, these are two free geeks you want to bone, in the secret podcast bunker all alone, on the internet we be the top crooks, we got issues and we don't be funny books, homie Jimmy Moore and the dinos are chilling, me and JR we got the top villain, sit down, relax and yo and we'll take a seat, get ready for the top podcast, you all agree, others spit loud but I can spit faster, I'm out. Cohen, I'm the Geek Master. Got everything you could possibly want in it. An hour of bus in the Brento minute. I'm a little laid back and he's making a little maniacal. Could we just talking shit? Who said the show was viable? Walking in the door, smoking that Jimmy Moore. You're listening from Alabama, all the way to Singapore. We're just two weeks and that's the topic of discussion. Had each other's boats on the green on nothing. Quick stop at night, we're storming like a typhoon. It's not right, it's wrong. It's taking lots of balls. It's reaching every show, everyone celebrates. Cause we got comics, movies, and a little penetration. I regret every episode as soon as it's recorded. Cause I'm down to earth and that is out of orbit. We're not quite Right, our thoughts are distorted. So now we present to you another bag and boarded. Bag them boarded, 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 bag them boarded. Yeah. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Prepare to be smotivated by Smodcast.com's guru of gab, Kevin Smith. Pick up his new book, Tough Shit. Life advice from a fat lazy slob who did good. Available now in hardcover, enhanced, digital, and audiobook. Learn who inspired Kev and be inspired to follow your dreams. It's like a Tony Robbins seminar on steroids and with a lot more fucking profanity. Neil Gaiman says, I suspect at that Kevin Smith is what all gods and demons aspire to be. And Tim Burton says, I certainly would never read anything written by Kevin Smith. Pick up Tough Shit, Life Advice from a Fat Lazy Slob Who Did Good by Kevin Smith. Available every goddamn where.